Hey, I'm Dr. Michael Hunter, forensic pathologist from Autopsy, Reels Channel's medical mystery series on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to download the Podcast One app and subscribe. Then go to reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com, to find more programs like this one on Reels Channel. Tributes are pouring in tonight for an American icon who built a multimedia empire by pushing and often breaking boundaries. Hugh Hefner, founder of Playboy, has died at 91. Media magnet and international Playboy Hugh Hefner, or Hef as he liked to be known, changed the way Americans looked at women and sex. Hef was this incredible, intelligent man. Hef really made sex sexy. Against the odds, he made Playboy one of the best-selling men's magazines in the world. No magazine in the men's field has ever enjoyed the circulation uh, that Playboy now has, which is over six and a half million copies a month. As well as being a lifelong workaholic, Hef's work ethic was insane. Hef was also legendary for playing hard. He wanted to have several women, and he wanted to play and have fun and everything, you know. It was his wild animal. But with the highs of his celebrity Playboy lifestyle came the crushing lows. Hefner was horrified and became almost kind of manic. He said it was the stress that brought on the stroke. It was scary. And thank God he didn't die then. And after over 60 years as the head of the most successful men's magazine in the world, on September 27, 2017, Hugh Hefner died at the Playboy Mansion in L.A. He was 91 years old. The magazine released a statement saying Hefner died at his home of natural causes. Stating that Hugh Hefner died of natural causes doesn't explain anything to me. His death certificate reports that he died of a cardiac arrest. But by all accounts, he was incredibly fit for a 91-year-old man. He was still running the Playboy empire and hosting huge Hollywood parties. So... I'm going to uncover the mystery of how this all-American legend managed to live so long and what it was that finally led to his death. World-renowned forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter has performed around 5,000 autopsies. Collaborating closely with law enforcement, he has revealed the truth behind mysterious deaths for over 20 years. I have Hugh Hefner's death certificate, various reports, and first-hand accounts, which will help me to investigate the reason this seemingly fit 91-year-old managed to live to such a ripe old age and how he died so suddenly. New Year's Eve, 2015, Beverly Hills, California. Less than two years before Hef's death, the party of the year is in full swing at his home, the legendary Playboy Mansion. Carla Ferrigno, former Playmate. New Year's Eve was the biggest party of all, and the costumes, oh my gosh, they were so beautiful. And some were naked, and some weren't. You know, it was just all everybody's choice. As hundreds of guests enjoy the star-studded event, Hugh Hefner is doing what he does best, playing host. Lillian Muller former playmate. It was so fun and adventurous, you know, a hunger for life type of thing, you know. Despite being a renowned party animal, 
Tonight, Hef seems unusually low on energy and has helped to slip quietly back to his room for his regular bedtime. I think he was in pain, but he wasn't going to let anybody know that. It was the Playboy King, right? But, you know, even somebody like you, Hefner, when the health breaks down, you know, I mean, I mean, it can happen to anybody. I can see from the photos that Hef looked in good physical shape. According to his medical records, he was five foot nine inches and weighed 175 pounds, which means he was slightly overweight, but not bad for a 91-year-old man. However, while he gave the impression of still being the party guy with lots of women on his arm, the fact that he was being physically helped around raises some questions about the real state of his health. Hugh Marston Hefner was born in Chicago on April 9, 1926. His father, Glenn, was an accountant. His mother, Grace, was a schoolteacher. Hef's parents were deeply religious and conservative. The result was an absence of physical affection toward their two sons, Hugh and his brother, Keith. Jason Burmeister, former Playboy editor. Half would say that he grew up in a very puritanical household with very cold parents, that his mother was not very loving. As an escape from his button-down childhood, young Hef hid away and found solace in films and cartoons, igniting a love of drawing, and later, a burning ambition to create a magazine of his own. It was my reaction to that in my childhood, the more repressive aspects related to sex, that is really what started Playboy. In his early 20s, Hugh Hefner headed to Chicago. In 1951, he got a job as a copywriter at Esquire, then the biggest men's fashion magazine in America, which carried pictures of scantily clad women. At Esquire, Hef spotted a gap in the market for a gentleman's magazine that carried tasteful nudes. With a keen eye for a business opportunity and a desire to make his mark, Hef promptly set about putting together his very own magazine. He was just 26 years old. Dr. Linda Papadopoulos, psychologist. His childhood was all about measure and denial and conformity. He decided that this worldview not only was wrong, but was damaging for him personally. He wanted to literally become the poster boy of the exact opposite, of decadence and opulence, letting go and pushing boundaries. Playboy Empire was launched quite literally on a total of around $9,000. Heff used $500 to purchase the photos of the poster girl for sex, Marilyn Monroe. Paid only $50, Monroe had shot them in 1949 when she was a penniless young starlet. In 1953, the first edition of Playboy was launched, with the now-rising star, Marilyn, as the nude centerfold. From the very earliest issue of that magazine, it was wildly popular. But as well as the emphasis on nudity, Hef also had a wider vision. In the racially divided America of the 1950s, Hef showed his pioneering spirit by practicing the freedom that he preached. He just decided, I don't care what the rest of America's doing, he just started to tear down anything he didn't like, uh, particularly racism. Stephen Watts, biographer. 
he ran interviews with Malcolm X and uh, Martin Luther King Jr. when that was still something a little bit risky to do. It was a mark, I think, of Hefner's character that he said, we're going to do the right thing. And that way of thinking chimed with many Americans. What had started out as a $9,000 enterprise was now a multi-million dollar company. And Hugh Hefner was the head of an empire. Clubs around the world and merchandising and television shows, a record label, a movie studio. I mean, he knew everything about everything. I can see from early reports that Hef became reliant on the prescription drug Dexedrine. This is a powerful stimulant, and it can be highly addictive. Hef's work ethic was insane. Mitch Rosen, former butler. He was always on. There was times that I just never knew how he, he never slept. Because of his work ethic during that period, he essentially got hooked on Dexedrine. You know, at the time, Dexedrine was prescribed. It was over-the-counter. Everyone took it. I mean, Jack Kerouac, all of the beat writers were heavily into Dexedrine. It was just a, you know, mother's little helper, a stimulant to keep you up. Dexedrine works by stimulating the central nervous system, which increases the heart rate and respiratory rates, making the user feel more alert, energetic, and focused. However... There are also negative side effects. Some of these include restlessness, irritability, and insomnia. His work became almost kind of manic. He found that he could work very long hours, and if he took a little bit more, he could work all the way through the night, and if he took a little bit more, he could work two or three days in a row. And gradually, that's what happened. When I first started Playboy, I would tell stories about half calling editorial meetings at midnight. Uh, he definitely lived a work-hard, play-hard lifestyle. Although I can see Hef stopped taking Dexedrine in the 1980s, his sustained use of the drug for a number of years could have had a lasting impact. Another issue with the drug is that it can make you crave sugar, something I can see Hef did his whole life. I've always wondered if that's when Hef really developed his sweet tooth, his love of soda. He loved Pepsi. If he didn't have a Pepsi, we sprinted to get to him because he, he couldn't be without one. He was a kind of Pepsi-Cola addict. He would drink 10 or 12, 15 Pepsis a day. And one day I said to have, you know, I just read somewhere that you can clean your toilet with that stuff. And he said, oh, that's nonsense. I don't believe it. Sugar causes opiate and dopamine activity in the reward centers of the brain. It can therefore be highly addictive, and too much sugar can have a serious effect on the heart. Excess sugar is converted into fat by the liver, then secreted into the blood. These triglycerides and cholesterol lipids can result in clogging up the arteries. This increases the risk of cardiovascular disease or heart disease. I already know from Hugh Hefner's death certificate that he died from a cardiac arrest, so I can't rule out sugar as playing a part in his death. But what's more astonishing is given his unhealthy diet, he still managed to live into his 90s. On top of his addiction to sugar, 
I can see that Hugh Hefner was also taking a medication that had a potential to do serious damage to his heart. On September 27, 2017, founder of the Playboy Empire, Hugh Hefner, died in his mansion near Beverly Hills. Now, world-renowned forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter is investigating the death of the reclusive media magnet. Hef was a workaholic, working through the night into his 90s. In the past, he'd seek the help of Dexedrin to fuel his work-hard, play-hard philosophy, but hadn't taken the drug for many years. He was also well-known for his love of sugar and had a very sweet tooth. But there is another addiction that the founder of Playboy was also famous for, and that was sex. August 2016, Beverly Hills, California, 13 months before his death. Hef is getting dressed for one of the biggest nights of the year at the Playboy Mansion. His annual Midsummer Night's Dream Party is one of his favorite events, with hundreds of glamorous women on the guest list. It was quite an event, every single one of those parties. We all were all over him. It was so popular. It was you Hefner, your own Playboy, and it was gorgeous. All the girls wanted to be with Mr. Hefner. I mean, they did. They just, you know, look at this man. I mean, he's, he's brilliant. There was a few times that I had delivered food to him, and there was two or three girls on, on his bed. He was pretty busy. He had a whole series of girlfriends, five, six, seven, eight girlfriends. These are my girlfriend. Every one of them is your girlfriend? Yes. He loved women. No, he adored women. The bunnies that he did get involved with, they were treated very well. As a lover, absolutely. He was very romantic, but he didn't commit to a one-on-one thing. An active sex life is actually good for the heart. It increases heart rate, and it reduces the levels of the harmful chemical homocysteine in the blood. Homocysteine is a kind of amino acid found in the bloodstream. High levels of it can make a person more prone to cell injury, which can lead to an inflammation of the blood vessels. This increases the risk of heart disease. But men who have sex at least twice a week are less likely to have homocysteine in the blood. So there is a strong possibility that sex kept Hef's heart healthy beyond its years. And I have discovered something in Hugh Hefner's past that could explain his promiscuity. Although Hef's status as a Lothario is legendary, there's a telling episode in his early personal life that could explain his lifelong fear of commitment. That first year when we were together, I actually was thinking, I wonder if some woman, when he was really young, really hurt him. One of the key incidents in Hefner's development with regard to his attitudes about sex was his relationship with Millie. In his early 20s, while at college, Hef met and proposed to his first serious girlfriend, Millie. Before the wedding, a remorseful Millie confessed to a brief affair. Despite this devastating blow, Hef decided to go ahead with the marriage and devote himself to being an upstanding family man. He had two children with Millie, but after ten years, they divorced. In 1989, he married Kimberly Conrad, fathering two sons, Marston and Cooper. His third and final marriage was to 22-year-old Crystal Harris, 60 years his junior. 
have changed girlfriends all the time. I think he got tired of them. It was a state of arrested adolescence. The relationship would play itself out, and what did he do? He would fall in love with another girl, and the whole pattern repeats itself over and over again. In the case of Hef, having experienced disloyalty in that you know, very first, very important relationship, that makes him feel very unstable around relationships. And one has to wonder if that's because he believes that no one will ever be faithful to him, so he needs to be the person that leaves first. Despite divorcing twice, Hugh's love of women is well documented and his libido was impressive. By age 70, some 75% of men have experienced erectile dysfunction at some point in life. So I am certain this would have affected Hef too. Having built his entire life's work around the idea of his own sexual prowess, Hef found the reality of growing older difficult. I can see from reports that Hugh Hefner was not going to let old age affect his good reputation. And he turned to artificial assistance, Viagra. April 9th, 1998. The Playboy Mansion. On his 72nd birthday, Hugh Hefner received a present, which would change the course of the rest of his life, helping to seal his Playboy image well into his 80s. Hef was going to be him, and he was going to keep doing what he was doing. He kept himself going, no matter what. I know that he had a little blue something, and he goes, come on, girls, let's go, let's go, let's go. And I said, uh-oh. It just kicked in. <laughs> he was introduced to Viagra. And when I interviewed about him, I remember being a bit embarrassed asking him about this because I thought this might be a delicate subject. Hefner just laughed about it. He said quite openly that he thought Viagra was the best drug ever invented by human intelligence. <laughs> he would jokingly say, why isn't this just where you could buy a bowl of it somewhere? You know, it's fantastic. He was thinking of buying a stock in the company because he thought it was so beneficial for men out there, you know. I guess when you become 85, you need a little help, you know. Viagra or sildenafil is normally used to treat erectile dysfunction by inhibiting the enzyme that stops a man having an erection. This increases blood flow to the penis, which stimulates it. Essentially, the use of the drug is forcing the body to do something it is not doing naturally, which would have put extra strain on his heart. However, looking at various first-hand accounts, I can see that at the very end of his life, Hef was no longer as sexually active with the assistance of Viagra as he once was. So I'm confident that this was not a contributing factor in his death. Hef's sexual appetites were world famous and probably kept him going, but I'm surprised to find something in these medical records that normally shortens life expectancy, but not in the case of Hugh Hefner. This is Dr. Michael Hunter. Did you know you can stream the autopsy television series on Roku and Fire TV? Well, you can. Just download the Reels app and subscribe to see the TV show behind the podcast. 
And if you've got Prime, it's on Amazon channels too. Once you're streaming, you'll find more real life and death programs from reels like copycat killers about murderers inspired by movies. You'll also get access to Murder Made Me Famous, the real crime series that profiles people like Jody Arias and Drew Peterson, who are household names because of the murders they committed. It all comes from the real life mystery fans at Reels Channel. Find Reels on your TV at Reels.com. That's R E E L Z.com. In September 2017, Hugh Hefner died at the famous Playboy Mansion in Beverly Hills, California. His family said Hef died of natural causes, but no further details were released. World renowned forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter is trying to piece together the final hours of Hef's extraordinary life. So far, I have discovered that Hugh Hefner was still at the helm of his Playboy empire. And throwing parties at the mansion, despite the fact he was over 90 years old. He was also an avid user of Viagra. But in the years just prior to his death, it appeared he'd stopped taking it. But one habit that hadn't stopped was his love of fatty junk foods. April 9th, 2017. Six months before his death. It's Hef's 91st birthday, and his family and friends are at the Playboy Mansion. To celebrate the milestone, and Hef is in full party mode. Hef had the appetites of a Midwesterner, you know, he liked fried chicken and soda and things like that. When you have your own chef and kitchen, I guess you can be at your own whims. There were recipes in the kitchen for the Playboy Mansion making fried chicken, pork chops,、uh, sort of traditional Midwestern fare, exactly like his mom had made it when he was a kid. In fact, his mom, we had her taste the meals, and they were spot on. I always knew that wasn't healthy, but who's going to tell him? <laughs> you know? I'm glad I ate munchies. <laughs> Diets rich in saturated fats and trans fats raise blood cholesterol, contributing to clogged arteries that block the flow of oxygen rich blood to the heart and brain. Most trans fats come from baked goods and snack foods, all the things Hef was drawn to, and there is a well established link between fat intake and heart disease. And I actually brought that up to him. I said to him, Hef, you can't eat all those meatballs. You've got to quit it with those pork chops. And he's like, Lillian, I've been eating all this since I was a child, and look at me, I'm in pretty good shape. So he didn't see any reason to change his lifestyle, you know? Although Hef appeared to be in good shape, this can be misleading. Having an unhealthy heart with clogged arteries doesn't necessarily result in obesity. Another thing I can see that would have significantly impacted Hef's clogged arteries was his love of smoking. Hef smoked a pipe for most of his life, and it was part of his world famous image. In the late 1950s, early 1960s,、uh, Hefner was in the process of becoming Mr. Playboy. That's the period when he assumes the pipe. Hef just liked to pipe and it was a habit. Hef was a notorious pipe smoker. He loved that pipe so much. It sort of fit 
the image of the, the sophisticated man about town and the nice clothes and the sports car and all of that. He felt it was, it was a prop because, you know, he was fidgety, constantly moving around. So that was something that he, he gravitated towards. Similarly to a bad diet, smoking also increases the risk of developing cardiovascular disease. It damages the lining of your arteries, leading to a buildup of fatty material which narrows the artery. This can cause angina, a heart attack, or a stroke. As well as being a lifelong smoker and indulging in an unhealthy diet, Hef also had to deal with a very high-stress life as the head of a global media empire. It's 1981, 30 years into Playboy's success. A beleaguered Hef suddenly found himself public enemy number one when Ronald Reagan became president. There's sort of a shift from the wild 70s into a very conservative 80s America. The fight with the Reagan administration was brutal, and he was quite worked up about this. Never been our intention to actually commercialize sexuality itself. Hefner ran quite a number of personal editorials that he signed defending the magazine against these attacks. It was a difficult time for him and for the magazine. That's when Playboy magazine had to go and be polybagged. They took it out of all the 7-Elevens and delis, and it's sort of a real turning point in Playboy history economic reality. In each of the last five years, Playboy have lost money. For Hef, keeping the Playboy empire from crumbling in the face of the government's opposition was an uphill struggle. You know, I think at that point, Hef's thinking, I have fought this battle for decades now. How much more of this? But things were about to get a whole lot worse. July 1984. Hef suffered a shocking personal blow when a book blaming him for the brutal death of Playmate of the Year Dorothy Stratton was published. Twenty-year-old Stratton had been shot and killed four years earlier by her jealous former husband. There was nothing in the relationship with Dorothy, with Playboy or with me, that I am less than proud of. The book claims that had she not become involved with Playboy and Hef, Stratton would still be alive. Looking at Hef's medical history, I can see there is a well-documented incident of stroke when Hef was in his late 50s, around the time he was dealing with the fallout of the Stratton story, as well as fighting the government with regards to Playboy. Hefner was horrified. Later, he said it was the stress that brought on the stroke. March 7th, 1985, the Playboy Mansion. Hef had just woken and started his day as usual, reading the newspaper. Suddenly, he found himself unable to understand the article he was reading, or even make out the headline. He called his assistant, but his speech was slurred, and he was unable to express even simple thoughts. The stroke was reasonably severe, and it was one of the great body blows, I think, to him in his life. Uh, it frightened him quite badly. There are two main types of stroke, 
ischemic strokes and hemorrhagic strokes. Ischemic strokes are the more common types of stroke. They occur when a blood clot blocks the flow of blood and oxygen to the brain. These blood clots typically form in areas where the arteries have been narrowed or blocked over time by fatty deposits known as plaques. A common catalyst for stroke is stress. I can see that Hugh Hefner was experiencing an extremely stressful period in his life just before his stroke. Stress hormones increase blood pressure, and when these hormones are around long term, it can lead to high blood pressure, a leading cause of stroke. Normally, a stroke would have a significant impact on the body, increasing the risk of heart failure and premature death by 22%. He would have needed to dramatically clean up his lifestyle, eat healthy, and drastically reduce stress levels. July 2017, 32 years after his stroke and three months before his death at age 91. Despite having been warned at various points to clean up his diet and lifestyle, Hef is continuing to indulge in all his favorite pastimes. Once he came back to the, uh, to the mansion, he, he changed his diet a bit. He went from regular Pepsi to diet Pepsi. So the, the, that was huge for him. Hef, you know, he, he, was such a, he was such a big kid. There was no way that you were going to put Hef on a salad and carrot juice and uh, baked potatoes, you know, and an apple for breakfast with some nuts. You know, he liked to live, and he liked to live his life to the fullest. That was his thing. I don't think he ever gave that up. Stroke can have a massive impact on the heart, making it more likely to fail. We already know that Hugh Hefner's heart was previously compromised thanks to his fatty and sugary diet and his smoking, which would have led to high blood pressure and high cholesterol. And yet, Hugh Hefner didn't listen to his doctors and only paid lip service to changing his lifestyle. So it's truly incredible that he lived for another 32 years after his stroke. But with his advanced age, Hef's heart wasn't the only thing in decline. He hated a wheelchair. I knew it. I felt it. And that was the last time I saw him. World-renowned forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter is scrutinizing Hugh Hefner's medical records to uncover what was happening to the founder of Playboy magazine during his final hours. So far, I have learned that Hugh Hefner suffered from stress, was a long-term smoker, and had an unhealthy diet, all of which have a detrimental effect on his health. So I can't eliminate these as being contributory factors in his death. But looking at various reports, I can also see that for a number of years, Hef suffered from debilitating back pain. July 2017, the Playboy Mansion, Beverly Hills, three months before his death. Unable to walk unaided because of chronic back problems, Hef distracts himself with a weekly game of backgammon. Hef's back pain was you know, pretty constant. It was really the only health ailment that ever came up. I knew he had massive back problems. And what he took for it, I have no idea. Hef's debilitating back pain means he's basically confined to the mansion. The last two or three times I saw Hef, 
the back pain had become pretty acute, was hindering him getting around. He was even grimacing. It had become quite severe. Hugh Hefner often joked that the back pain came from too much sex. However, from what I know already, there could have been another explanation for his pain. And that's the fact he more than likely had high blood pressure or hypertension as a result of his smoking and poor diet. I'm sure for this kind of severe pain, Hef's doctors would have prescribed him pain medication. There is no record of what medication Hef was on, but judging from the reported severity of his pain, it would most likely have been some form of opioids. And while opioids can be great for pain relief, they can also present negative side effects for the heart, such as decreased cardiac function. And I can see on top of ailing health, just 18 months prior to his death, Hef suffered another major setback, which would have had a debilitating effect on him. March 2016, 19 months before Hugh Hefner's death, he makes a rare trip out of the mansion to visit his sick brother, Keith. The two men were bonded by their difficult early experiences and remained devoted brothers their whole lives. Keith has been diagnosed with terminal cancer. In the later years when Keith got sick, Hef was so worried about Keith all the time because there was so oneness between Keith and Hef. On April 8, 2016, Keith Hefner dies. When Keith died, it was very hard on Hugh Hefner. Uh, he was just devastated by it. He lost a relative that he had known longest in the world. He lost his best friend. I mean, it was really hard on him. And I think with Keith passing on, I think there was definitely something that made Hef want it also to go. I think sibling relationships hold a really interesting part in our psyche. That sense of unconditional love, that sense of, you know, seeing parts of you that nobody else does. So when his brother dies, one has to ask if that isn't the point where he decides to give up. Bereavement can have a devastating impact on the immune system of older people. The medical diagnosis is broken heart syndrome. This is a temporary heart condition that's often brought on by stressful situations such as the death of a loved one. It's thought that a surge of stress hormones such as adrenaline might temporarily damage the heart of some people. A temporary constriction of the large or small arteries of the heart has been suspected to play a role. May 2017, five months before Hef's death. His ex-girlfriend Lillian Muller, a playmate in the 1970s, visits the mansion. She's not seen Hef for several years and is keen to catch up. And they rolled him in and he was in a wheelchair. He looked so vulnerable because he was, you know, getting feeble. He hated it. He hated the wheelchair. That was definitely not his image. He was, you, you have not a playboy lover, you know, I mean, the biggest ever. I think he was basically worn out. And that was the last time I saw him. The combination of grief and age would have taken a toll on Hef's usually unstoppable spirit, potentially lowered his immunity and made him more susceptible to infection. 
September 26, 2017. The Playboy Mansion, Beverly Hills. Hugh Hefner has been bedridden for the past five days due to an infection. 24 hours before his death, I can see that Hugh Hefner was bedridden due to an E. coli infection. E. coli, or Escherichia coli, its full name, is the type of bacteria commonly found in the intestines of animals and humans. It is present in many foods, and any healthy person's immune system can usually fight it off within 5 to 10 days. But ultimately, Hugh Hefner's body just isn't strong enough, and he develops septicemia, or bacteria, in his blood as a result of the E. coli infection. Septicemia is the body's overwhelming response to an infection that leads to organ shutdown. It's a sign that bacteria infecting another part of the body have infiltrated the bloodstream and provoked a serious, life-threatening reaction. The Playboy founder is slipping in and out of consciousness and is visited by family members. His youngest son, Cooper, is at his side. The morning of September 27, 2017. Closely monitored by his doctors, Hugh Hefner has made it through the night, but there is little improvement, and the infection still rages in the 91-year-old's body. Dr. Saganor was always, like, letting me know stuff that was going on, and he did mention that Hef was very fragile. Later that day, Hugh Hefner's condition worsens. Despite round-the-clock care at his home, Hef goes into cardiac arrest and his heart fails. He's pronounced dead at 5.06 p.m. Some breaking news from Los Angeles. Playboy magazine founder and sexual revolution symbol Hugh Hefner has died. He was 91 years old. Hefner died at his home of natural causes, surrounded by family. Hef's death came as a huge surprise to me. It sounds almost ridiculous to say about a 91-year-old man, but it really caught me off guard. I knew he was getting older, and I knew he wasn't 100% healthy and everything. You know, when it happens, you know, it's like a shock. According to his death certificate, the strain of E. coli he contracted is listed as highly resistant to antibiotics and with undetermined etiology, meaning the original cause is unknown. But I can see that there is a strong possibility that Hugh Hefner could have caught the life-threatening infection from a very unexpected and surprising source. September 27, 2017. Playboy founder Hugh Hefner dies age 91. Many are surprised by his sudden passing, and theories on his cause of death abound. I can see from reports that the Playboy mansion was rumored to be filthy towards the end of Hef's life. If this is true, then it could explain how he contracted his E. coli infection, despite very rarely leaving the mansion. A possible outbreak of illness at the Playboy Mansion has raised the concern of California health officials. The iconic Love Palace is now the focus of a formal investigation after about 80 people contracted a mild form of Legionnaire's disease. 
Legionnaire's disease is a severe form of pneumonia, lung inflammation usually caused by infection. Legionnaire's is caused by a bacterium known as Legionella. If the mansion was contaminated with Legionnaire's disease, it could be a sign that it wasn't being cleaned properly. There were a number of things written near the end of Hefner's life about Playboy Mansion being unhygienic. I can tell you as someone who was there a lot between 2003 and near the end of Hef's life that, that that's just not true. We had housekeepers, we had you know, butlers, we had groundsmen, uh, maintenance. Each person individually was responsible to clean that property spotless. So nobody can say that that property wasn't cleaned. But I can see that the reported outbreak was caused by water vapor from a DJ's fog machine and not from a dirty mansion, as was claimed. And it's clear from firsthand accounts that hygiene was not an issue at the mansion. So I feel confident this was not a contributing factor in Hugh Hefner's death. And Dr. Hunter believes he's now found the possible source of the infection that would ultimately take Hef's life. I already know that his immunity could have been lowered following the loss of his brother, his likely high blood pressure, and his back pain. But there's something else that will have added to his general decline in health and made him more susceptible to infection. I've received information from several sources that Hugh Hefner had his wisdom teeth removed a year prior to his death. The ideal time to have wisdom teeth removed is early in life, between the ages of 16 and 25. There is no age limit, but as you get older, the surgery is more difficult, recovery is more difficult, and the risk of complications is higher. When Hugh Hefner had a dental problem and a tooth extraction and an infection set in, and he had a very hard time kicking it. It sort of made him weaker. He was walking around for several weeks with this infection. And I think it contributed to Hefner's decline in health. Uh, we see his, his health sort of declining a step at a time. Now, with the evidence he's uncovered in Hef's medical history, Dr. Hunter can finally reveal what he believes was happening inside Hef's body at the time of his death. Although old, on the surface, Hugh Hefner appeared to be in pretty good health. So it's likely that there was a chain reaction of infection that led to his death. 18 months before he died, grief-stricken at the loss of his brother Keith, Hef's immune system began to freefall. A few months later, an operation to remove his wisdom teeth may have caused an infection to set in, further weakening his compromised immune system. Then, a week before his death, have contracted E. coli. Bacteria like E. coli thrive on sugar. It's their source of energy. A diet that's high in sugar can make the body more vulnerable to infection and promote bacterial growth. Like any other living organism, E. coli needs nutrients and sugar, something that these bacteria love. As the E. coli was drug-resistant, the result was sepsis. Sepsis is blood poisoning, which is normally caused by an infection. As a result of the poisoning, Hugh Hefner's body would have gone into septic shock, 
and he would have experienced significant drop in blood pressure, which reduces blood flow and therefore the levels of oxygen in his system. With his body starved of oxygen, his organs would have started to shut down, leading to respiratory failure, cardiac arrest, and ultimately death. Hugh Hefner dedicated his life to becoming the playboy of the playboy brand. He was a kind of Peter Pan figure, a free-spirited, mischievous boy from the Midwest who never really grew up. And the Playboy Mansion was his very own Neverland. But while he got to live out his fantasies and create a world-renowned empire, the reality was that despite his optimism, insatiable vision, and drive, even Hugh Hefner couldn't escape the reality of his very human body, growing older and weaker. And it was inevitable that the fairy tale had to come to an end. I just have a ton of memories about Hugh Hefner as sort of the man who was directing the orchestra of the life he wanted to lead, the life that he created at the Playboy Mansion. I miss him. I do. I miss him. I can't go there and see him. I can't laugh with him. So I'm sorry about that. But it couldn't last forever. His girls, he loved his girls. I think it's easy to think of Hef as someone who started a magazine in the summer of love without realizing that he was there 15 years earlier. He was so far ahead of America. It took America 15 years to catch up to what he was saying about sexual freedom. He pushed boundaries all the way in his personal life, in business. He was a living legend, you know, for such a long time. I mean, he definitely was one of the guys in the world, changed the world for the better. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Autopsy. Don't forget to subscribe at podcastone.com with the Podcast One app or at Apple Podcasts. Then go to reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com, for clips, extras, and more from the TV version of the series, including reenactments and autopsy photos you'll only see on Reels' channel. Find Reels on your TV at Reels.com. I'm Dr. Michael Hunter. 